Welcome to the Lakeside Baptist Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed as you hear the Word of God today. For more information regarding Lakeside Baptist Church, please visit lakeside.asn.au. First is first and second is nowhere. That's why the Greeks are full of it. I went to a soccer game in Cyprus. It was uh, my, my 19 years in the army were not as bad, you know. It was, uh, yeah. Folk, uh, today we deal with um, with the issue of uh, bearing with one another. So we're going through the one another commands, bearing with one another. Uh, I want us to have a, a look at this little clip, um, you know, because we often think that bearing with one another is, is quite complex, but it starts off with small things. In, in Ephesians, uh, there are six chapters in the book of Ephesians. The first three chapters um, have got to do with doctrine, uh, and the next three have got to do with uh, how we live out uh, our faith. And so uh, we, we call that indicative and imperative. So uh, who you are determines how you live your life. So Paul is trying to say, uh, now that you are a bird, you fly. Now that you're a fish, you swim. Now that you're a Christian, there are certain things that you do. And so there is, there is an attitude that leads to an action. And he begins to tell us who we are in Christ because uh, we, he compares it to a journey as we walk on this journey. Uh, you know, we, uh, for example, the, the next slide there where there's, you know, we, we're holding hands on this journey and, and we're called to, to bear with one another, to, to uh, be together as men and women of God. And what does that look like uh, in the church today? Because who we are determines uh, what we do. And so if you believe that you're a man or woman of God, there are certain things that you do and it, it should flow from that. And so if I read Ephesians chapter 4, the the first three verses there, it says this. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is a certain way uh, that Paul instructs us to live. And he says, uh, live a life. Live a life. And that Greek word, peripateo, means, you know, you make progress. You make good use of your opportunities as you live your life. It actually, it's it's the word for walk. As you walk your journey of Christianity, this is how you should do it. Now, folk, we, uh, why does Paul use that word, uh, you know, walk? Uh, because we all do that, unless there is something uh, not right. And so we, we can all relate to walking. 
Uh, we can all relate to, to uh, starting off that way. I remember when, when Michael was a, a little guy, and, and our hope as parents is that he begins to walk. And as he begins to crawl and slowly get up and begins to walk, you know, I remember the first steps he took. I, come, Daddy, come. Come to Daddy, come. You know, and as he came to me and, and he walked into my arms, I was just the proudest dad you could ever imagine. You know, uh, three months later, I thought, why did we ever teach you to walk, dude? You know, <laughs> he got into everything and, you know, come, sweetheart, come. And then, no, 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 you know, lock everything and, and put everything, you know. And why on earth did we do that? And so we can, you know, we, we all start off our Christian journey by slowly perhaps crawling and then walking, uh, standing. And, you know, and that's what, what Paul gives us is the picture of the Christian life. And so let me try and explain that to us this morning. I think the first point I need to make is that, that there is a goal of a Christian, the goal of the Christian, and that's deciding toward to walk the goal. And so before we were ex-Christ, out of Christ, now we are in Christ. Now that we are in Christ, we live a life that is worthy, he says. And that word worthy um, is the word axios, which, which kind of, there's a balance there. You know, before we were not worthy, but now we are worthy. Before it was, you know, lopsided, and we were ex-Christ. But now that we're in Christ, we follow who Jesus Christ is and what he wants us to do. And so that initial step of deciding to follow Christ. It comes through repentance. So I was going one way. I turn 180 degrees. That's what the word repentance means. Metanio. Meta after my naus. Metanaus. I decided to follow Jesus. That, that concept of being born from above from John chapter 3. Nicodemus approaches Jesus and says, you know, what, what does it mean to follow you? And Jesus says to him, uh, and the English translation is terrible, you need to be born again. The Greek is actually, you need to be born from above. You need to have that uh, interaction with the true and living God. And so the, the concept is that once you've had that interac interaction and that decision to follow God, you don't, you don't turn back because it's so amazing. And so th there's a danger in saying, well, I'm born again and then, you know, bad and then born again again and then bad. No, when you're born from above, you begin to do the things of God. There's that decision to walk toward the goal and that goal is to be more like Jesus Christ. That decision to follow him. But also, uh, there's that hope and faithfulness along the way. You, you, you know that uh, this walk is not a short little sprint. Uh, it's, it's a marathon. It's a walking marathon. And so your goal in this marathon is to be like Jesus. It's to be like Jesus. You know, you get up, you walk, you have your destination in mind, you go from point A to, uh, from point, a to point B, and you begin to walk on that destination. And say, well, what is the ultimate destination? Well, heaven, yes. But folk, that's the benefit, that's the fringe benefit, if you like, of the end of the destination. But in the meantime, we are on a journey and we walk on that journey. And we can begin to enjoy that journey of Christianity. It's not drudgery. Well, it should not be drudgery. Well, oh, woe is me, for I'm a Christian. I can't do these things. It's not that at all. It's the blessing of being a child of God. And you walk worthy 
of your calling that God uh, has given. And a true blessing. John 10.10, 10, we're told that, that, you know, that, that we have this life and, and have it to the full. To the full. Not, uh, it's a terrible thing just so I can just get into the kingdom of God or just make it into heaven. No, it's a blessing to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ because he is the one that guides us along the way. And so uh, we read in, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, uh, where Paul writes to the church and he says, God's plan for your life is that you may be conformed to the life of his son, Jesus Christ. That word uh, conformed, sishimatizo, is, is a, a pattern, a, a dressmaker cuts out a pattern of what that dress is going to look like, what that suit is going to look like. And says, don't be conformed to the things of this world, but be Conform to the things of God. In other words, you know what Jesus Christ looks like. You know what he did on this earth. And so cut your cloth for your goal to be walking like toward that goal. And that's to be like Jesus Christ. Isaiah 40, 31, an interesting concept. Uh, Isaiah writes and says, But those who hope, hope that, um, that, that, that Hebrew word, those who bind themselves with God, those who, it's a picture of a rope, those who entangle themselves with God, what will happen to them? Well, will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. Now look, there's a bit of a, a going backward. It should be, well, I'll walk and then I'll run and then I'll soar. No, it's the other way around. It's actually, I will, you will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, they will walk and not be faint. So as you bind yourself to God, you know, uh, you start off by soaring and then running and then walking. That's almost anticlimactic. But it's, it's actually the opposite. Because when everything is going great, you will soar like an eagle. Bills are paid, no obstacles along the way, all is good. You soar like an eagle. And then there are times where you will get such enthusiasm where you will run as well. But most of the journey is actually walking. Most of the journey is actually walking. And, you know, when we walk, Isaiah says, we will not be faint. And so when we do this, the, the, the good thing is that we, we're not going to do it together, you'll see in a short while. We don't walk on our own because then it can become extremely lonely. But when we get together with others and we walk this journey together, uh, I love this uh, theological word, pilgrimage. We're on a pilgrimage together. And we're on a journey together. And you know what? There are people who are different from us. You know? And it's in the church where we would discover that God wants all of us. There is unity in our diversity. This church is made up of people with long hair, short hair, no hair, blue collar, white collar, no collar. Everyone is welcome here. Why? Because that's what Jesus died for. He died for the church, and the church is made up of people like you and me. And so we're on this journey together. When I'm struggling, you are there to speak fresh heart to me, put your shoulder under my armpit and lift me up. When you're struggling on this journey, on this pilgrimage, I see that, and I put my shoulder under your armpit and I lift you up. So we can become strong together. 
Our goal is to be like Jesus, Paul tells us in verse 1. Secondly, not only is there a goal, but the gathering is beautiful because Paul writes in verse 2 and he says, uh, be completely humble and gentle, patient, bearing with one another in love. You see, walking together, praise God, is not something that we ever are supposed to do on our own. We're never called to do it on our own. The word uh, church is people. The word uh, kinonia, holy people, people that are walking together. I am part of a community. It's called the community here at Lakeside. We walk on this journey together as people in community. And many, many times we begin to take this thinking of the world, you know, and it begins to filter into the church, and that's dangerous. There is a different mentality. It reminds me of a story of of two men in Africa, and they saw a lion, and uh, they turned around and started running. And uh, the one thought, you know what, um, we're running together. My, my boots, my running boots are becoming an obstacle. I'll take them off. And the guy says, why are you doing that? And he actually says, I- I'm not running, you know, to get away from the lion, but I'm running to get away from you so I can beat you. And there's often this whole mentality that, that if I go faster than you, at least the lion will chomp you up, you know. And, and we can often bring that mentality into the church. But there is a different way of living, uh, Paul says. And, and that uh, way of living uh, has, has a way that says, you know, I need to adjust my speed. Because, uh, the, you know, it's, it's not going to be good if I leave you behind. Because we're in this together. And we want to finish together. And we both want to finish strong. And so he says that, that there is to be humility and gentleness. And folk, those are beautiful words because, you know, humility is, is this deep sense of littleness. This deep sense of littleness. This, this, this lowliness in mind. That word, tapianos, means that you're so flat on the ground that only Jesus Christ in you sticks out. Now, that's foreign mentality. First is first and second is nowhere. You know, we're going to make it to the top and I'm going to kick you in the teeth while I make it to the top. Or else there's that fear that you might kick me in the teeth. So we, we, we begin to, you know, and Paul says, listen. We bear with one another, and that is characterized by humility and gentleness. And the question I often have to ask myself, what do people recognize in me? Pride? Arrogance? Do you know who I am? Or am I just a slave? Paul over and over and over again calls himself a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. In some areas, he calls himself a bond servant. Although I'm set free, I actually, I purposefully go and take myself and nail my ear literally to my owners or my ex-owner, the person, uh, my master who set me free. I go and I willfully want to serve him. You see, this word slave has got to do with, with being low, 
but because you know who you are, and perhaps you know whose you are. And so, uh, uh, not only is our goal to be like Jesus, but as we walk this road together, now as we are filled with humility, a gentleness comes out. There's this gentleness uh, which is characterized by by mildness, mildness. And, and folk, what is gentleness? Well, it's strength under control. It's like uh, Camillo having a, a, a V6, you know, and um, not doing donuts in the driver. No, it's, um, it, it's actually saying I've got all this power that's available to me, but I control it. Because the time might come where I need to use that power. And when that power is needed, I, I'm able to use it. It's available. It's available. And so mildness, mildness actually says, I'm gentle, the way I deal with other people. Why? Because we're on this journey together. Once upon a time, I was down and out, but now I'm strong. And so there was a time when I was like that, and no one kicked me in the teeth, but they lifted me up. And so I think as Christians, you've heard me say this before, we need to be fat. F-A-T, faithful, available, and teachable. And so when that happens, it brings about unity. But he also says that uh, in verse 2, there needs to be patience and love. Um, and folk, you, you see this, this patience is an attitude, and the action is love. That I'm actually, I, I, I forbear you. I, I hold, you know, I understand that you're not perfect. And you understand that I'm not perfect. So as we bear with one another, we actually walk in love because there is patience with one another. Uh, my first year at Bible college, um, you know, uh, I questioned the professor and I said, Sir, we've been saying that Jesus is coming back. It's been 2,000 years. Where is he? Where is he? Because I want him to come back and I want him to come back n now. What's wrong? What's wrong? And he said, You need to be patient. So I said, it's been 2,000 years. How much more patience? He says, you need to be patient. I said, what do you mean? How long is patience? I said to him, it's longer than you think. <laughs> it's longer than you think. Get it? You see, as we bear with one another, we're patient with one another. And as we're patient with one another, we're able to say, you know what? Let me show you some love. Let me think about this properly. Because we're all on a journey together. And you know what? I can't say I got the gold medal. No, it's to finish this journey together and to finish it well. Was God patient with us? <laughs> absolutely. Are we to be patient with one another? Well, absolutely too. And so he says, let's bear with one another. That word bearing, it, to endure. Endure with one another. You know, be there for one another, to be firm uh, and, and, and stand strong for one another. In fact, it's one of those beautiful characteristics in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, where a, a true characteristic is, is love is patient and love is kind. Patience to remember long. It's all about the other person, you see. If you look at all those characteristics in, in 1 Corinthians 13, it's about the other person. It's not love is patient with myself, love is kind to myself. No, it's about the other person. And that word kindness there is actually means I, I begin to uh, be patient 
and try and add value in the other person. The word kindness means to deposit gold in somebody else's life. And so as we bear with one another, that's what we begin to do. So there's a goal, there's the gathering, but also there's the goodwill. The goodwill. The goodwill of, of this Christian uh, that, that wants to serve God, uh, we read about in verse 3, uh, it, it says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And so it creates goodwill and peace. As we bear with one another, there is this, this goodwill and peace. And the word uh, Make every effort, spudazo. You know, when, I, when we go to university and we finish, we spudazo. You know, we, 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 we uh, are qualified, but this word is actually talking about the journey of life. When you die, that's when you're fully qualified. When it all comes to an end, that's when you're fully qualified. Spudazo means, you know, I, I'm diligent, I endure I study, I labor. It's not my three years and I've got my degree, it's all over. No, it's the journey of life. You continually get better. And in this journey, you get wisdom. Now, folk, with a three-year degree, it's on the wall. You've got the piece of paper, you've got knowledge. But with experience comes wisdom. With experience comes wisdom. And Paul is saying to us, as we journey together... We have these characteristics of patience and, and kindness and love as we bear with one another because that's what brings about unity. He says, make every effort to keep that peace. Uh, every effort to keep, and that would uh, keep, to maintain it, to guard it, you know, to constantly look at it. Like a silversmith looks at silver and when it's when it's you know when when the heat is turned on, then it purifies it. But if it's turned on too much, it actually destroys the silver. And if it's not turned on enough, then it doesn't purify the silver enough. Uh, and some people say, uh, ask the silversmith, why do you constantly look at the silver, you know, to gauge its temperature? Uh, he says, well, if it's too cold, then it's not purified. If it's too hot, then it actually burns it. How do you know the, the, the silver is ready? They ask the silversmith, and he says, when I can see my reflection in it. Our goal is to be like Jesus, and we gather together to encourage one another on this journey to be like Jesus. And in that process, there is goodwill, there is peace. And he says, try and keep it. Work hard at keeping it, at guarding it, because it is unique, and it's only found through Jesus Christ. And he, the, the spirit through the bond of peace, that uh, word bond uh, is, uh, uh, is such a beautiful word. It's like the ligaments that keep it all together. The ligaments that keep it all together. The bond of peace. Keep those ligaments all together. Why is that? Why does he, he want us to, to do that? Because when... Uh, folk, when disunity comes, then there's you know, separation and there's chaos. There's chaos. In marriages, when there is no unity, there's separation, and that's difficult. 
in families when there's separation, it's difficult. And so this bond of peace is what God wants. And it's not so you can think like me, be exactly the same as me. No, it's so we can walk this journey together. And as we bear with one another, it comes out through the way we live. We, we have those attitudes of, of patience and kindness and humility. And the outcome is peace. You see, you cannot make peace. God brings about peace. Peace is the outcome of reconciliation. It's not when we stop fighting that we can get back together. No, we get together first, and the outcome is that we stop fighting. It took me 500 pages to discover that in studying the word peace. You begin to reconcile. You cannot make it. It's not when we stop shooting at each other and killing each other the, you know, that we have peace. No, we sit around the table. When we reconcile, we walk out and we actually have resolved that. And the outcome of that is peace through reconciliation and negotiation. And it's all done, folk, in the spirit of love. That means I need to put away my selfishness. I need to put away my agenda so I look at God's agenda. I'm always reminded that Satan hates goodwill and peace. Satan hates it. So what does he try and do? He tries to, I mean, go, you look at, at how a, uh, a lion actually cap, you know, captures uh, a deer or an animal. He tries to separate the weakest one, push them to the side, and then pounces on that one. 1 Peter 5, 8. Your enemy, the devil, is walking around like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour, who he can tear apart. Satan hates goodwill and peace, especially in the church, especially in the church. And so when you look back, uh, when we're separate from one another, that brings about disunity. But when we put others before us, then it brings about goodwill and it brings about peace. If you read in Proverbs chapter 6, um, God lists uh, seven things that he hates. Interesting. One of them is, uh, and I quote, a man who sows discord among the brethren. Somebody who comes in and actually causes trouble. God hates that. Why? Because it begins to sever that ligament, that bond of peace, and God, no, sorry, Satan uses that person, or that person allows Satan to use them. And then finally, we must strive for that goodwill and peace. We must strive for it. It says, make every effort. Let's go for it. To, let's guard it when we have it. Let's, let's be diligent at looking out. Let's, let's study to actually find uh, how we can uh, be together and united. Because that's what we're supposed to be doing. And that's why it means that in, in, in marriage, I, I commit myself. Not only to the marriage, but to humility, to being gentle, to being kind, to being patient, to be a loving. So others can see Jesus Christ in me, the reflection of Christ in me. And folk, the thing that's going to win people over is the love of God through us when we reflect who Jesus Christ is. 
sad to say, but there are over 43,000 different denominations. We can't sit around the same fire. Why? Because we, we can't agree. And so you do it my way or the highway. No. That's, um, no, no wonder Paul actually writes because he knew that. In fact, Jesus actually prayed in his high priestly prayer uh, in John chapter 17. He prayed to the Father, Father, may they be one as we are one. Because you know what? They're going to mess it up. They're going to mess it up. And so when we begin to see the end goal and we say we're in this together, the reality is that Satan won't like that. But you know what? We strive for it. We need to go for it so we can come out at the end and we can hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. And that's not easy, but I'm never asked to do it on my own. God has given us the Holy Spirit and the Christian community to walk this journey together. Remember that song, the hymn, All to Jesus I Surrender? Remember it? I respect you too much to sing it to you, but let me read it to you. All to Jesus I surrender, all to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily live. In His presence daily live. And then the chorus, I surrender all, I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. And then, you know, and it's, it's surrendering to God and wanting Him to be part of our lives. I'm going to end off by uh, playing you a clip. Now, folk, this is, it's, uh, how does it make sense to, to what I've just uh, spoken of here? Here is uh, a man who loves a lady and they together, but there is a child that also comes with this package, a stepchild. And it's hard to love somebody else's child. But uh, just look at this clip, and as this man bears uh, with this process, this journey of life, uh, so you begin to see uh, how, how the world can actually teach us quite a bit about bearing with one another. Let's look at that clip. Are you sure it's not a little aperture? Yum. Do you like that kind? I do. Oh, yes, I need that. Why are you putting the paper back in there? Take it out. Huh? Yeah, take the paper out. Yeah. Throw it. Throw it. Throw it. There's nothing in there. Yes, please. Throw it. I'm cool, have a lot of you. Hey, now. I love it. That's another trick. Huh? Another trick? That's another trick. A monster. <laughs> no, that's the last one we see, I think. <laughs> you think? I seriously got them up for you, didn't you? Yeah. Catch you some peas. Yeah, that's what I use at work. Thank you very much. There
beneath all the snow here. Yep, throw it. Throw it. <laughs> When we take on the name of Jesus, we're not doing this on our own. We're doing it together. There'll be ups, there'll be downs, but when we surrender to who He is, and we put others before ourselves, it makes the journey a little bit better, and the outcome is beautiful. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you have allowed us to walk this journey with you, and Lord, with one another here on this earth. Thank you that you have promised never to leave us nor forsake us. And we give you glory. And we ask you, Lord, to guide us on our journey together. That we might build one another up, Lord. That we might be patient and loving and kind to one another on our journey. As we bear with one another. For your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>